after 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Forget your moral compass for a moment, if not entirely. Let's have a conversation about the rights of sex workers. Let's have a conversation about the sex industry at large. We've got the sex worker movement represented by Dr. Katlejo Rasabizi. That's Sisonke, of course, the movement, as well as one of the commissioners who is very outspoken on these issues in particular, Dr. Tlaleng Mfokeng. Now, Lady Chiro is going to lead that conversation. Let's engage. Now, Lady, it's all yours. Oh, thank you, Songeze. Um, I mean, this is a topic that's very close to my heart. And I think for many people as well in the country who've been silenced by the injustices um, and the oppression that sex workers face generally and those who even advocate for decriminalization of sex work. First and foremost, Dr. Tlaleng uh, and Katle Sibiti, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, I want us to get to the basics of sex because there's a lot of myths. There's a lot of propaganda going around in the country, going around globally, actually, that criminalizes and stigmatizes sex workers even more, um, that even entrenches uh, the toxicity that surrounds the industry of sex work, that even puts the lives of sex workers at risk. Um, and I say this because not so long ago, we just learned of the passing of Urobin Munzumi, who's a sex worker who died in police custody. Um, and during the, the height of discussing police brutality, of discussing the murders uh, committed by police officers, I think uh, this conversation swifts in very much easier into what's happening and the narrative surrounding police brutality and systemic injustice against um, black people in particular. Dr. Tlaleng, just for starters, explain to us what is sex work? So sex work is work, um, and this simple statement um, seeks to frame sex workers beyond um, what is normally seen, right? People as victims or vectors of disease or women who are sinful, um, or criminals, um, as it is in this country. And in fact, the fact that sex workers work is something that um, is a term that was adopted by the International Labour Organization in the 1970s to really begin and, and be a catalyst in the global um, intersectional sex workers movement to protect the human rights mm-hmm. um, of sex workers. And sex work is really two adults who are negotiating the type of sex they want to have. Yeah, that's what it is, and what decriminalisation then seeks to do is to remo- to remove the criminal penalty that that currently exists in the law mm-hmm. that then punishes adults who are able to negotiate sex. Speaking about rights, I think you you raise a very important thing, um, Doctor Rasibizi. Just tell us, uh, in terms of the rights that are compromised for sex workers in particular, what are some of those? Uh, rights that we can bring to the fourth to say this particular right that is accessed by majority of us is inaccessible to sex workers just by virtue of them being sex workers? Um, one of the, the rights that I can really bring to the table was that, you know, just the right to, to, to movement that every South African, I feel like, they, you know, they really uh, inherited that right and the right also to choose. These are the basic um, human rights that they are always being uh, also being violated mainly around sex workers because of, we find lots of, especially police, 
they would do what we call profiling of Sorry. Let me interrupt there. Sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry to have to do this, but we are really struggling to hear you on this side. I'm just going to revert you back to the producers for the purposes of just making sure that your line is clear. But perhaps from where he left off, do you want to continue on same question, Dr. Klaling, please? Yeah. So basically, the the, the types of human rights violations that we see, um, and particularly some of the complaints that do make you know, to the Commission on for Gender Equality is that, in fact, a lot of sex workers will complain of unlawful arrest and abuse um, of, of mm. procedures by police. A lot of them are using bylaws um, to arrest them. And what tends to happen is that they get um, victimized by police where firstly they get their goods confiscated, yeah. namely their condoms and even their medication. And this is a problem because then they are also criminalizing access to healthcare and they're denying people the ability to have safer sex and they're denying people the ability to maintain and stay on their treatment while they're in custody. Some of the police um, that we know and, and the types of complaints have come through is that they themselves perpetuate violent crimes against sex workers and because they know that when sex workers complain about police brutality or assault by police or rape by police because often they will be extorted out of sexual favors and rape um, if they don't have money to pay you know bail or um, um, you know sometimes they get you know driven around the city of Cape Town and many other metropolitans for hours on end and not being following procedure so if they want to then be dropped off somewhere, they get extorted um, out of money or, or sexual favors. And I, we know for a fact um, that, you know, as much as the National Commission of Police um, has supported previously sensitization around this issue, the, the complaints are still continuing. Mm-hmm. And in our, you know, investigative report of 2017, um, as the Commission for Gender Equality, we did outline, uh, you know, very clearly some of the reasons why decriminalization um, is the way to go. Um, and citing some of the, you know, international instruments that we've ratified um, as South Africa. Thank you so much, Doctor, for that. I think I want us to expand even more on the issue of dignity because most of the time we look at it in isolation that the issue of dignity just affects sex workers when in fact it also affects their children as well. Um, if Dr. Rasibiti can just come in here and just expand for us uh, the issue of dignity, who else is compromised by the criminalization of sex work besides the sex worker, the community that surrounds sex workers, how are they compromised um, through criminalization? Looking into the the fact that you know criminalization it comes at the very era in the 1970s, where you know colonizers in the country were taking place and lots of you know wrongs and rights were not right. Sex workers have fallen into a trap whereby like uh, it's still seen as a taboo and nobody wants to speak about it. Whereby like and also culture plays a huge role, including religion around the day system, yeah. where people, they still feel like, you know, they need to demonize sex work. And then we're speaking about, like, if if a, a particular individual says, this particular industry, it's my body, and then it's my choice, people should be also allowed to exercise such uh, constitutional rights. And for the fact that we're in a country, but like, remember, only the amendment of the Sexual Offences Act yeah. was done in 2007, whereby like now the, the, the buyer of sex was also going to say, you know, it needs to be arrested. And what is basically, it's more uh, racialized, 
you find more black women are at yes. the end of uh, you know being harassed by the police. You would never see other maybe women of other colors being harassed by the police, but it's always perpetuated that it's only black women that are also engaging into sex work. And we're talking in a way that mostly it's it's, it's a broad, whether like a trans men, also trans women, you know, trans ladies. It's very broad in a way that all, all, all gender are involved into sex work now. And not only that, looking like, for the fact that we're in 2020, and it will, if you look into the plan or that was supposed to be launched of, you know, the sex workers and national strategic plan, the plan was completed in April last year. And we were like April up to December last year hasn't been launched. We're talking the plan that that speaks the next three years around, you know, like your HIV, STI and treatment and TB. Nobody's prepared. We've been pushing back and forth, but for the fact that this is a plan that is all caters for the lives of sex workers in the country. But politicians, somebody powerful out there, no one is prepared to launch this plan. How? We don't know. We're in conversation with Dr. Tlaleng Mfogeng, Gender Commissioner, as well as a medical doctor, together with whose voice you've just heard, Dr. Katlejo Rasabiti of the sex worker movement, Sisonke. We are taking your calls on 891 WhatsApp voice notes 61 104-207. This is The Viewpoint on the Tuesday Takeover with Naledi Chiro. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again, Dr. Tlaleng and Dr. Katlehora Um I just want us to just go in to this conversation to speak about um, how do we then move towards destigmatizing sex work in the communities that we live in? How do we go towards um, getting rid of the myths that surround sex work um, and stereotyping sex workers? How do we start doing the work of making the, the, the politics around sex work trickle down to the grassroots level in our communities, in our homes, in taxi ranks, in the taxis that we, we, we board, in buses, in schools. How do we make the conversation around sex work to steer off from personal morality to the issue of justice? I think, you know, and it, and it, it sounds simple, you know, when we talk, when you talk about, you know, framing issues through a human rights perspective, and using that lens. But it really is important because human rights is what is common to all of us. People have different religions, different cultures, different morality, and different, you know, yardsticks and measurements of what that means for them. And which is why a human rights perspective is key, because then this way we know how to protect human rights. We have institutions in this country that promote and advance equality. And so it's easier to then measure and advocate through a human rights perspective mm. versus morality. And secondly, while sex work is criminalized, it's very difficult to do any advocacy efforts, to do any wide public health or even wide uh, public information just generally about sex work. And organizations on the ground have been doing that um, you know, over the years, and we yeah. know the frustrations yeah. that they have. I think what we need is a high-level advocacy um, 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 movement and effort where the Department of Justice can can look at all the reports that they have in front of them that have been tabled yes. even at the multi-party Women's Caucus in Parliament um, that talks about this issue of sex work decriminalization. A lot of the national strategic plans, whether you're talking about HIV and the recent gender-based violence um, NSP, speaks about decriminalization as a way forward for the country, yet we just don't see the wheels turning. And I think for as long as 
adults are criminalized for their ability to negotiate sex, it's going to be very difficult to remove the myths and the stigma. They exist to this day, not because people haven't been trying. Absolutely. It's literally because Absolutely. of the legal framework that seeks to punish and criminalize um, those who then get involved um, in advocacy and, of course, in sex work. Let's get the public involved. KGM, good evening. Thanks for calling. Your thoughts, please. Good evening, Songhez. Good evening to your guests and to the listeners. Right to it, Songhez. The reason why uh, things like sex work or the rights of sex workers will always have this stigmatization is because of the misrepresentation. Um, When I stay in a shack, I stay in a shack 365 days of the year, summer, winter, autumn, it, when somebody comes and, and visits me in a shack and they claim they can represent my interest, that's where the problem comes. Now, the point is this. You have a panel here that talks about sex work. None of them is a sex worker. I'm not saying they don't have the right to represent them. But I think we need to move away as a people, as a country, from this myth of thinking that People, because of their academic background or whatever the case might be, can represent best the people who are actually at the helm of the experience of whatever the atrocity is. My humble submission, let's hear from sex workers themselves as a panel. Let them tell us exactly how they want their industry to be controlled. Uh, Do not by any chance disregard your, your ability to represent them. But I think we, we would hear better from them. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rasibiti, on that on that point. I think it is important that we return to putting a human face um, to sex workers because majority of the conversations that demonize sex workers try to extract them from them being laborers. And I think that is one of the most important things. Um, people have brought up the issue of poverty, having led sex workers to sex work. But that is the case with every industry across the board people don't wake up choosing or yearning or aspiring to be domestic workers so even that reasoning to demonize sex workers should not be used now for an ordinary person sitting at home right now wanting to know how then do i go forward with the knowledge that you've given me to uh to arm myself with proper knowledge regarding sex work. How do I start doing the work internally as an individual? Where do I look for information, the particular and proper information on the decriminalization of sex work without landing up in uh, polluted conversations, polluted websites uh, that demonize sex work even further? Sorry, just to interject there, I think there's a slight correction that has to be made. The caller was KGM, and the question that Una Lady has now posed is directed to Dr. Katlejo Rasebi. And of course, just to somewhat respond to what KGM was saying, with due respect, we do have the sex worker movement represented by Dr. Gatlejo Rasebiti. That's not to take away from what you have suggested. Somebody, if you like, who is at the coalface of the experience, we certainly can engage that and give it the kind of credence that your very legitimate call does call for. But nonetheless, let's continue the conversation. I hope you got that question, Dr. Gatlejo Rasebiti from Naledi. Um. Number one, um, if you look into the fact that sex work is still criminalized, for the fact that police are still trading out sex workers, they would use anything to make sure that by Friday they would get their stats. And it is proven even into court that the police have admitted that once they feel like now they are, they are low on stats, they would use the sex workers to achieve their weekly stats. 
it's very difficult for sex workers themselves to come out because of their fear to be arrested, their fear to be also to be stigmatized, their fear also to be also like the community to know that this particular individual is doing sex work. Remember, as, as good citizens, they are allowed to say, officer, my neighbor is involved in doing one, two, yeah. three. And then the police need to act on that. Based on those, uh, you know, facts that I'm just issuing out, sex workers has has went underground. It's very difficult. That's why most of the time when you see sex workers being interviewed on TV, on radio, it's either they change their voices, they don't show, they don't give their true true mm. identity, they hide their faces because of society on its own. By just admitting that you are a sex worker, you are already admitting that you are a lawbreaker in the country. Mm. So it will be difficult for us to have a conversation where like sex workers will be seen out there speaking on their behalf and be making sure that you know they push the agenda of decriminalization because of already once that can be caught on camera or maybe the police can verify then that that particular individual will be arrested by law yeah i mean and also the other thing is that you know there's this perpetuation that sex workers are people who are not having degrees or learned or unable to speak I mean, what is the assumption that KG is making that neither myself or Gatlejo are sex workers just yes. because of the titles, right? There's a certain way that we view sex workers and a certain expectation we think um, sex workers should sound or look like or have a thinking or cognitive ability. Mm. It's completely false, firstly. Um, and secondly, um, when you are leading an intersectional movement, yeah. you do not need people to out themselves and perform their victimhood for them to then uh, earn legitimacy on the issue. It's very, 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 very important to remember that currently in South Africa, criminalization means that for 25 years, someone will have a criminal record. It's very difficult to find a job with a criminal record. Yeah. It's very difficult to study and enroll in any institution with a criminal record. So, you know, it's one thing to say, um, you know, let sex workers speak for themselves. Who said we're not sex workers? I'm yes. just making an example, right? Because that's part of the, the myth and the assumption is that sex workers could never have all these titles and speak and, and, and do all of these things. And secondly, we know for a fact that South Africa, in fact, this year, um, you know, we ratified the CEDAW um, in 1995. Um, and at the UN, we are giving a country report in October. And one of the things that that recommendation in the CEDAW states that sex workers are especially vulnerable to violence because of their status, which may be unlawful, which it is in South Africa, and tends to marginalize them. They need the equal protection of laws against rape and other forms of violence. And as people, as fellow citizens of the country, we know what human rights are. We don't need sex workers to out themselves, further marginalize themselves and expose themselves to violence before we can hear what the issues are, before we can advocate. It's very, very important um, to remember the cost the cost of speaking out, even in this country to this day. Excellent. Thanks very much. I, I think from what you've just said, Dr. Tlaring, I think it's, it, the, the, the debate has to evolve to ultimately what is the central theme. And I'm glad you're representing a Chapter 9 institution because ultimately what is this debate all about? It's a question of justice. It's not an engagement as to your moral compass or my moral compass. Yeah, yeah. Is this something that the, the constitutional does allow, should it allow, when we talk about the CEDAW, which is a convention on the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women, 
in the absence of accepting the reality, not of South Africa or the continent, of the world, of people. And let's now get into a space where we can engage the subject through effective and proper regulation. Perhaps all of the questions that lady was engaging, particularly the issues of stigma, the questions of the people and the community at large who are affected by it. What if we simply looked at it in this sense? This is a rights stroke justice issue. The health of the nation is predicated on that because if you just look at the health outcomes in this climate where there's stigmatization, criminalization, they are all looking south. And if we, through the work of the Gender Commission and other institutional as well as social partners, we could truly emerge from this as a society that is better off for it and not in any way, certainly not in any market market way, I, I don't know, there's a word I forgot, that will be worse off. In other words, we, are, we have an obligation, so to speak. I think this is the mm. we We have an obligation to not only decriminalize, but to give them dignity, grant them their rights in terms of Section 9, equality of the Constitution, and engage in a trade that is a trade like any other. Doc, Klalin? Yeah, it's, it's really true. And, and, and one of the reasons is that is that because the um, you know, the, the the way that the sex work issue and decriminalization issue has been framed in the country, it's usually around a public health HIV concern, right? And beyond that, there isn't much in terms of, um, you know, sex worker rights and, and decriminalization in South Africa. And it's important to, to remember that once decriminalization happens, that will allow right, for a cooperative relationship between the sex workers and police themselves. A lot of black women who are sex workers are working outdoors. They are the eyes and the ears of the police. Mm. They can tell you much more in terms of crime and criminal behaviors in the spaces that they work because even they need safety in their workspaces. So it's in their interest primarily to be safe. But without decriminalization, that cooperation cannot happen. And the other thing is that decriminalization will allow dignity, like you're saying, but it will also facilitate movement, movement building and solidarity. And it will assist them in terms of coming up with industry standards, health and safety um, standards and procedures. They will be allowed to unionize and yeah. fight for their rights as workers and be legitimate as workers and have representation. And without decriminalization, the, the, the conversation cannot evolve mm-hmm. because we are still stuck talking to people as if they are criminals. Absolutely, Doctor. I think this conversation is important because there's many women out there who shouldn't be criminalized for sex work. I mean, if we agree that poverty already puts us at a backdrop, the worst thing we should be doing is criminalizing, consenting adults, the kind of trade that they want to engage in. Um, and just for parting shots, can uh, the doctors uh, just allow us... Uh, more information on why we choose the term decriminalization and not legalization of sex work. So there's understanding, uh, even for the listeners at home, to know what we are speaking about when we are talking about decrim and legalization. And I think that that's just a 30-second response from you, Katlejo, please. Um, remember, um, decriminalization, it's, it's, it's for the fact that sex work is still criminalized. So we want a total decriminalization of the buying and the selling of sex in South Africa. That's it's in a nutshell. 
Thank you very much for that. Uh, it's 2059 now. We're going to have to let this particular conversation go. Of course, when our lady's looking at her lips, thinking that we can have more of this. And I understand why <laughs> she would want more of this. She really is interested. And I appreciate the level of debate engaged by yourselves, Dr. Klaleng Mufugeng, um, as well as Dr. Gatlejo Rasabizi. To you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Now, lady, Tuesday takeover, first of its kind. Thank you very much for your time.